Hello, everyone. Oh, we already have donations? Holy moly. I guess this is a topic that brings people out. People love their Zelda. Yeah. And by I people, I mean me. I love my Zelda. I know. You didn't even give me a choice this week. No, usually, I usually give you several topics. Yeah. I pulled the just to give a little uh, glimpse at how the sausage is made, usually on Sunday, Marty or Nick will post like a like three or four ideas for slightly something else topics. But this time it was just, no, we're doing Zelda. Because What's-Its-Name is coming out this week. Is it? It's what called it? Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. How uh, is Did you uh, have Tears of the Kingdom when King Charles was coronated over the weekend? Well, I had Tears of the Kingdom in that I had a very large layer cake. That I uh, that I like to refer to as the kingdom. I don't see how that phrase really makes any sense otherwise. Ah, <laughs> uh, tears of the kid. That's pretty good. Hey, go. tears works on multiple level because this game is about literal tears. Also, this game is about the the levels of Hyrule: the sky, the ground, and the underground. So there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. When's the release date for that again? Friday. Oh well. I guess I won't be, unless I get to review code like today, I guess I won't be reviewing it for a while yet. I do not think we are getting uh, early code for Zelda. Spoilers. Uh, what did we do to piss Nintendo off? Well, I don't think it was us. Nintendo is very frugal with who they give codes out yeah, to. Fair enough. Well, at least that gives me the excuse to wait a whole week to play the fucking thing. There you go. Get out anyway, of the hype tornado. Still means I have to play something this week, though. Anyway, that's enough glimpses of how the sausage is made. The topic... Well, today's slightly something else is uh, a bit clickbaity, to be honest with you. But that's how we, that's uh, what brings in the donations before we've even started, apparently. Hey, I gave Nick several titles. This was the one he chose. We will, we simply ask, is the Zelda series the best video game series of all time? Which My answer is yes. A bold, some might say hyperbolic statement. Why don't you make your case to the nice people? Yeah. Um... First off, very few franchises even have the longevity of being able to last a decade, a decade, let alone two, let alone three, let alone coming up to four decades. Uh, and then those franchises, very few of them have ever evolved, both evolved with the times of as as video games as a, uh, a medium evolve, but also lay their mark on it and have the medium itself follow them. And so I feel like even at its low points, Zelda has never um, shied away from trying to legitimately push video games forward and change how we think about um, gameplay and storytelling and exploration inside of video yeah, I was games. Just, uh, I was just storing a dog away in my coat. Do go uh, secret on. dogs. Yes. Yeah, secret dogs. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think Zelda as a series has evolved um, incredibly uh, over the course of 37 years and and close to eight console generations. Uh, and I think there is no other franchise uh, barring maybe Mario, but I feel like Zelda sort of outdoes Mario in terms of uh, pushing genres forward. Well, there's like three people in chat have already said that uh, Sonic is actually the best of the game franchise ever. This really? is the this is the audience we've cultivated. <laughs> apparently. Apparently even my <laughs> fucking Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog review didn't get rid of the fuckers. I mean, if they couldn't murder Sonic in the game, then there's no, uh, then there's no way that they could uh, get rid of Son uh, Sonic in the chat. So, do I detect a note of nostalgia in your uh, referencing of Zelda? Oh. 
Absolutely. Uh, it's impossible for me to separate the two because Zelda, um, outside of Mario, was the, the, the first sort of video game franchise I kind of fell in love with, with um, Link to the Past on Super Nintendo. Mm. And then going back to play the NES games and then being there day one for everything, kind of Link's Awakening uh, and beyond. And to me, like the, the release of a Zelda game usually either um, – acts as a signifier of the beginning of a generation of sort of consoles and thinking of the way games are played uh, and games are made or the end of one. So whereas Breath of the Wild felt very much like a mile marker in my mind of the beginning of a generation, um, Mm. Tears of the Kingdom feels like the end of one. Well, it certainly got some good games in the Zelda franchise. Well, that might just be because of sheer volume. It's got to average out. (laughs) Excuse, settle down. It's got to average out at some point. Yeah, I Toffee just made a little growl when I suggested that Zelda had some shitty ones. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget <laughs> the CDI ones. Oh no! I mean, let me give you we- my my perspective because I came into I Nintendo pretty late. I grew up in the Europe, which was very solid Sega territory during the mm-hmm. uh, the console wars of our childhood, and um, I never really played much Zelda up until probably like the early 2000s when I got a GameCube and the first Zelda I played was Zelda Wind Waker which mm-hmm. was which I think still think is one of the best I really like Zelda Wind Waker uh I've played others over the years of course I went back and was able to play Ocarina of Time on the when it was re-released for the DS mm-hmm. went straight into my head and then straight out again and then, because I remember very little about it although I also played Majora's Mask on DS when it was re-released and I really liked that one as well I'm surprised yeah. it took so long for other games to jump onto the time loop groove. It's kind of wild how it was like decades later, and now it seems like yeah. we get several time loop games a year. But yeah, and the time loop thing just works so well with like a, mm-hmm. a die, come back, uh, improve model that video yeah. games benefit from so much. Uh, time loop works really well to give context to that, I should say. Yeah. And uh, but I'd argue, well, I guess Breath of the Wild was pretty good as well. But it, it's had a couple of dodgy areas, dead dodgy steps. I was I never really liked Skyward Sword much. I know you've been replaying that recently. Yeah, I just uh, I just replayed. It. I actually finished it for the first time because uh, I I similarly kind of fell off it just because you know it came pretty late in the Wii's life cycle, and by then I had grown uh, pretty yeah. tired of kind of the the insistence on waggle. Yeah. that a lot of uh, Nintendo games had, and I felt like Skyward Sword at the time was a was a victim of that. Twilight Princess was okay, but in many ways it felt like a kind of bloated game. It's very, very long with probably too many dungeons. Yeah, that's actually, that was the game that uh, I liked the least in my replay, mm. uh, whereas I think a lot of people love that game, and I th- my theory is, and I don't mean this like, negatively it's going to sound negatively um if you came to the series kind of if you were young when twilight princess came out that was the first one you played i think those people hold it in extremely high regard the same way is yeah the same way people who played ocarina of time when they were kids hold it in high regard because in many ways twilight princess is uh, hitting much of the same notes as ocarina of time very much like almost like a a remake of ocarina of time yeah it's it's almost a remake with more stuff added yeah for me, the high quality of the Zelda franchise is less the fact that it's an inherently high quality thing, but more because it's just a very universal concept that can be very easily slapped onto whatever new game is coming out. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's very classic themes really fantasy world hero villain princess bam you're done yeah and they can just um, that is a that is a universal cover that can stretch over any number of different gameplay things and nintendo are obviously a world-class game developer who produce a lot of world-class games and they know internally when they've got a good game going so uh it's for me it's less zelda as an inherently good franchise and more that it's a good universal cover for basically anything you want to make for I mean, like let's not forget the generic CBI fantasy games. adventure yeah. well that was uh it's interesting because uh nintendo uh <laughs> in the past it feels like the times they have entrusted their franchises to someone else and if they were burned on that kind of said we're never doing that again and you saw that in like movies with the mario movie when in the 90s when they let someone make a mario movie they're like all right we're not letting anyone ever make adaptations of our things ever again and it's like, did they have any know, opinions on the super mario brothers super show uh it is hard to it's hard to to imagine that that thing existed for children because it's so strange <laughs> The live action segments with Captain Lou Albano. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, but the animated bits were pretty uh, consistent with the Nintendo's yeah, theming. We, I mean, Nintendo, yeah. there was a Japanese animated Mario Brothers movie long before any of the other adaptations. And, you know, it had a similar sort of tone. As, as the games, yeah. As the, Didn't have Chris Pratt, though, and, that was from. Oh, yeah, they didn't have the most bland and generic actor in the world playing the main <laughs> character clearly that was the problem the default character creator um, yeah yeah just the uh, the acting equivalent of a big bowl of custard that will just take all, the shape of whatever vessel you put it in hey and all those movies make a billion dollars so there you go he's got something going on well he's so um, harmless i am telling you right now yeah. if it ever comes out that he's been molesting people in hollywood like they always do that's gonna devastate a generation well his not to get off topic but he is like he is he is uh tethered to a, a, a church with a lot of pretty archaic um beliefs <laughs> well yeah so, there you go yeah yeah um but uh getting back to zelda uh we when we were, we were talking about metroid a few weeks ago when you um reviewed metroid prime remastered mm -hmm. uh i guess a few months ago whenever the hell that was uh and I always thought that uh, Metroid works works so much better in 2D than 3D, and I think I might have said that during the stream. Whereas, yeah, uh, I, th well, I think what I guess I'd agree with that. I mean, Metroid Prime is a really good game, but it doesn't feel spiritually very much like the 2D Metroid games. Yeah, kind of. It, it it hits a tone, a similar tone, but the gameplay to me doesn't feel similar. No, um, it's not quite the same. Whereas uh, Ocarina of Time feels so much like the you know the 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 3d evolution of a link to the past and at this point i would say like i hold 2d zeldas and 3d zeldas in the same regard in terms of quality i think um stuff like a link to the past uh a link uh a link between worlds the the 3ds game and then mm -hmm. even some of like the smaller handheld games uh link's awakening and and the Oracle games and even sort of the weird offshoots on the DS, um, I think hold up really well. And I think this is a much like Mario. It's a franchise that Nintendo realizes can kind of have these two disparate tracks. And, I'm going to make a blanket statement that might yeah. bite me in the ass if I think about it some more. But I think 2D games that take the top down perspective adapt much better to 3D than the alternative. Yeah, I would. I would. I. I. I think that's that's 
safe to say because a lot of 3d games are designed from a 2d perspective especially in like the early days of uh, 3d shooters like wolfenstein 3d and doom because mm-hmm. they were well they, they basically were 2d games you they were just being looked at from a weird angle as far as the engine was yeah. concerned and still to this day a lot of uh, 3d games are designed without really verticality considered mm-hmm. so top down translates pretty well I mean, certainly shooters translate well because you can actually see more than 20 feet in front of you if you go to a first-person perspective. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it is funny because like, yeah. like we were talking about with Metroid, like it doesn't, once it moved, made the move to 3D, it felt, yeah, like the two pieces felt different to each well, other. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the other side of the coin. Platformers absolutely do not benefit from the, from the Switch to 3D. So you could say Zelda had the advantage there inherently when it came yeah. to the big 3D jump. And even stuff like the 3D Mario games, there's some of them are incredible. They feel very different than 2D Mario. They don't there's, feel like they are yes. going for the same thing. It feels much harder to master platforming in 3D space. That's, yeah, that's always been the issue. There's a much higher skill ceiling. And even going back to to our favorite topic, Sonic, it seems like that's kind of why Sonic in 3D has always had this. It's always identity. struggled, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah trying to figure out exactly how to translate the kind of high-octane gameplay of, yeah. the, of the 2D version into 3D. I've always felt Castlevania suffers in 3D as well, in much the same way Metroid does, because in 2D it's a fun exploration thing, but in 3D it inevitably just becomes a hack and slash. Yeah, yeah, with the Lords Lords of the Fallen, uh, or Lords of Shadow, uh, those, those games. And mm. yeah, it's funny because it seems like the spirit of 2D Castlevania is most alive in maybe some of FromSoft's games. Like it seems like I'd they say the, yeah, well, the spirit of 2D Castlevanias continues to be in 2D Castlevanias, Metroidvanias, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it left its mark on the entire, uh, mm. on the entire, you know, genre or subgenre. Yeah, to, I mean, you do what you like with 3D, but it still can't convey the experience of being able to hit a Medusa head through a wall. Yeah, we have to we have to understand what's going on through this wall to be able to hit the Medusa. Head. Those Medusa yeah. heads, like that's like a top tier pain in the ass enemy. If I'm going to be honest. Well, it's all about recognizing the sign pattern and anticipating it. My problem is I can recognize them, but then I can't do anything about it. So it's just, I see my death slowly coming towards me, uh, going up and down. Well, equip something that disables petrification. That also helps. Like the mirror curus. Like the mirror curus in Symphony of the Night. Oh, there you go. There you Um, go. Little tips for anyone currently playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Like that, someone is is like writing down like, okay, this is a good this is a good fun fact that I'm going to use. Uh, yeah. I'm going to use going forward. Um, if you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape. You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yeah, well, Zelda's a, you know, Zelda's an interesting franchise too for uh it it feels like every game is, in the series is um has a kind of a clear mission statement and that mission statement is usually designed around whatever the central the new central mechanic is which i think is a very Mm. nintendo thing we've talked about that i think with mario before where like each mario game can be mario but with this thing but with this water backpack or mario but he's in 
small little planetoids or Mario, but he throws his hat mm. and takes control of the sad citizens of the world. I think in contrast to Mario, Zelda has certainly embraced a broad range of tones as well, which is usually yeah. related to the standards for graphics of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I say, like they've all got the same universal plot, hero, villain, uh, uh, princess. Uh, but uh, that's uh, like Chris Pratt it's like a big bowl of custard that can take the shape of whatever it's in so it's had a number of different visual styles a number of different visual tones because of that Uh, and a lot of that is reflected reflected by the gameplay as well I remember when uh, people were first seeing screenshots of Wind Waker they were all very taken aback yeah because they were used to the realistic leanings yeah, I was going to say that felt like one of the earliest examples that I can remember being cognizant of in the industry of sort of a vocal mm. outcry of people, I guess online, like in the early days, you know, early 2000s um, um, internet, and feeling like Twilight Princess was a reaction to that. I don't know if it was a reaction to that, but yeah. Twilight Princess being arguably the darkest game in the series. Um, yeah, that was, felt that was like right in that bag. That was the right in her heart of brown and bloom. Oh, but I've literally, I literally today's. Uh, so I've been writing a piece on every Zelda game over the past uh, two weeks, and uh, it's why the princess is going up today. And I talk about how it's in, it's right at the heart of the Brownessance with uh, Resident Evil yeah. Four and Gears of War. There's that mid, the mid to late two thousands. I'm full. doing a, a extra punctuation on how realistic graphics. The attempt at the realistic looking graphics has always been kind of a, a scourge. Mm-hmm. Uh, for video games and part of the point there is that realistic graphics ages faster than anything else visually yeah um, whereas um, contrast, Wind Waker is timeless. Wind Waker has always looked great yeah. as long as like you're not playing it in like 240p or some bullshit yeah uh, then uh, it all translates really well you know what else really uh, still looks good Killer7 yeah Killer7 yes. looks phenomenal all they needed to do, they re-released it on Steam, and all they needed to do was like a resolution up, and it still looks wonderful. I just bought it on Steam this weekend because it was on sale for five dollars. I saw Wario sixty four tweeted that. Like, you know, what? I've I'll, said this I'll, before, I'll but Killer Seven is one of those games I really, really like, but hesitate to recommend. Yeah, because it's it, yeah, that's stranding to me. Yeah, Suda Five Ones. It's very much steeped in his uh, post punk sensibility. Have you replayed Killer Seven at all? I played. Point? I've played it many, many times because it was one oh, of the okay. games I had in my younger days when I was poor and couldn't afford every mm-hmm. game. So I just played what I had over and over again. So yeah, that was one of the ones I kept going back to because it is a fascinating experience. I mean, the gameplay, yeah, but uh, you'll never forget some parts of it. And it's one of those things where it's <laughs> never really been done again, and so. Um, yeah. there's no like oh look how someone else evolved on it like it is yeah it feels like a very singular thing i mean even no more heroes had like a foot more in uh i hesitate to call sort of mainstream gameplay sensibilities yeah like even if i was making commentary on the open world it did kind of the open world thing as opposed to yeah. like killer seven's linearity and that like literal linearity your character moves on a forwards and backwards on a line has there ever been a really punk zelda i guess wind waker might be closest for me because there's been like punk mario like uh, paper mario thousand year door uh, the mario wear games feel very yeah yeah sort of the the irreverent side of nintendo yeah i i wish they did more of it that's one of the things going through the zelda games um over the past year like you know revisiting all of them is i wish 
more of them would take risks. Um, yeah. Like I would say Majora's Mask, uh, less in its you know aesthetics and more in just that central mechanic feels so strange and and foreign and alien compared to the you know uh, Ocarina of Times like relatively simplistic like you said hero's journey another thing i once said is that nintendo doing something is good but it's always worth uh paying more attention when they do something twice yeah because when they do something well like when they do like a wind waker or they do an ocarina of time it's fine yeah. it like you know it, they always like feel like they have to be hamstrung <laughs> to the formula mm-hmm. so you know link ganondorf princess re-establish yeah. all the themes for the new setting but if they do a direct sequel, as in the case of Majora's Mask, or as in the case of Phantom Hourglass, or as in the case of Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, that's yeah. usually the point where the developers feel like the gloves are off. As Which like, is exciting for this yes. week, because yeah. Tears of the King is a direct sequel. Exactly. We have yeah. done the obligations, we've done the obligatory Zelda fight scanning thing, now we can have some fun. And that's, mm-hmm. what, that's usually what they do, and it's gratifying to see. That's why like Majora's Mask is still like... A timeless classic if you can get past yeah. the graphics yeah that even that that got a little spruce up on the 3ds and everything and oh. folks are always tinkering with them the zelda series is also one of the most like it has like one of the most kind of passionate online communities not in like crazy fans although it has its crazy share of fans but in um really like unique and thoughtful criticism in forms of like uh, great video essays and stuff uh, in terms of the speedrunning community in terms of the modding community um and people really it, latch on to the characters in zelda they're very big figures in the fan art stroke cosplay worlds yeah which is funny because link is like a lot of main characters the least interesting character in zelda outside of like oh, wind quite. waker wind waker he's very expressive but in pretty much other game he's like a, that's that's you know, why he's one of my my favorites every other game he's just you know dull surprise especially yeah especially skyward sword with his weird kissable face i don't like his face skyward sword uh what skyward sword understands though and does well um sort of piggybacking off what you said is realizing that uh, th- the zelda cast can be interesting if you fill it with other interesting characters like skyward sword has yeah, you know weirdos the, like bruce yeah. and the rest of the citizens of, of skyward town yes. and or sky or skyloft the chat's already mentioned tingle as the bra- as a breakout character uh, yeah. people, a lot of people were really into Midna from Twilight Princess, although yeah. some of them did very naughty things. I think I think I can tell you why, and it's because of a transformation at the end of the game when she becomes yeah. a real woman. Well, some people were into her before then. It was all in that big butt, that big goblin butt that she was always flashing about. And the one goblin tooth sticking out. Yeah. Some people are into uh, that. Yeah, we're not going to judge. We're, we're absolutely not here to judge. Um, it's also, you know, they've... they've um, tried to kind of veer off the path with uh games and other genres not to the same success as something like mario has um they've had kind of they've they've dabbled in multiplayer with stuff like the four swords adventure which yeah it's never really been the universal brand that mario is i mean no and who remembers fucking Link's crossbow training uh as someone who owned that weird piece of plastic with the (laughs) that you stuck the wiimote in i do um, and one interesting they've done, which I've hoped would be the beginning of something, but hasn't really, was the cadence of Hyrule, which was the uh, yes, that was a spin-off from um, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yeah, and I wasn't crazy about that game, but I was like, oh, maybe Nintendo's going to start 
letting indie developers who clearly grew up loving this series take a shot at doing something with it. Not a, you know, core mainline game that they do every five years, but... Well, um, that's, that's a big maybe, but I guess Breath of the Wild does reflect that the experimental spirit is still one that's closely linked to Zelda in Nintendo's mind. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even more so than Mario. Like, Mario seems like it kind of mm. has to play it relatively safe, even those games that, that uh, give you a unique mode of play are still kind of built around the same thing of run around these worlds and collect these things. Um, whereas maybe I guess Zelda is able to stretch its legs a little bit more. Um, well, I'm, I'm curious. To, yes. Yeah. I'm curious to see what happens to the franchise after tears of the kingdom, because um, some folks are like, why is tears of the kingdom a direct follow-up to breath of the wild? And it's because breath of the wild is so far and away the best selling Zelda game. Um, I yeah. think Breath of the Wild has sold over 30 million copies, which is more than Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, and Majora's Mask combined. Um, what happens when you have a strong console, I suppose. And you launch with the console, too. So, you know, it's had six and a half years or so of, of building up that momentum. Well, I mean, yeah, if it's launched and packed in with it, you know, that should be taken into account. Well, it wasn't packed in. It wasn't uh, packed in? didn't have any packed games, so it just was the big game at launch that everyone wanted to play. Well, yeah, uh, if it's a launch title, then sure. A lot of people I mean, I think it should count. Like, Mario 64 should count. It didn't come with the N64, whereas, like, Wii Sports came with the, N- or came with the Wii, so I would not. Yeah, you know, so the popularity of that, Wii. there's more of a, you know, more of a qualification to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so, people are wondering, like, is this just what Zelda is now? Is Zelda these massive sort of uh open world redefined games or well, are they ever gonna consolidate and go back to smaller well i'd be interested to know where they could go from breath of the wild because that's like you know about as expansive as the concept can get yeah uh well it's you know also- i've often said that uh if you can't go any further out so the next logical step it can sometimes help to go back in and uh yeah uh, to do a more focused, refined experience. I always cite Silent Hill 2 or something that did that because Silent Hill 1 had much more of an open-ended design. Yeah. It feels like Nintendo's in a in a period with a lot of their franchises where they're figuring out if they want to have them go bigger or go smaller. And, uh, you know, we've talked about in the past how it very much feels like Mario is going bigger in terms of open world, that Bowser's Fury was a dry run for whatever the next actual proper Mario well that's my theory it? certainly but yeah. uh, it certainly does feel like especially with the success of breath of the wild it feels like a logical step yeah uh, yeah to take whereas with um you know with breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom it feels like uh, uh, instead of expansion retraction is is uh the thing that makes sense there and the same with like the the switch versions of smash and smash bros and uh mario kart are both like kitchen sink versions of like here's everything from the past 30 years so it seems like if they're going to do another one of those games for whatever their next console is that it makes the most sense for them to be kind of smaller let's go back to the drawing board and kind of rethink this idea and, and see if we can inject new life into it although i would just rather have nintendo make new things but um when their old things keep selling well, I guess that's probably not. Well, before we go to super chats, is it a new thing that YouTube like puts a grey rectangle and a tick next to big YouTubers when they show up in your chat? Uh, I, no, it's just we just so happen to have big YouTubers showing up in our chat. Because that happened with H Bomber guy, yeah, the other day, and uh, Indie Mouse just turned up. 
how do we get your how do we get your I don't know, what um, do we have that's my question do we have one of those if we post uh, in like uh comments no. do we that we well, actually don't know books with nick, a tick no nick when he posts is like it's not a gray box with a tick it's like a weird little yellow thing right i mean like that's... the escapist account has a different thing maybe they only give it to people who are like humans and not corporations or companies oh. well we've got a uh over a million subscribers it's more than no i know I think we have we have more than enough subscribers, but we are not um, we are a, a channel. Like I don't think oh, I don't okay. know. Think IGN has that check because they are a channel. They are not an individual. Okay. I actually okay. don't know. Hello, Indie Mouse. Also, welcome. Yeah, I just like to big up my superstar pals. Well, I say that. I just like to, you know, pretend I'm pals with really famous people. You are ab- you are you you uh, and Indie Mouse and H Bomber guy um, uh, probably enjoyed that layer kick this weekend together. Yes, we did. When we all yeah. went to whichever one's it was birthday. <laughs> it doesn't matter. whoever birthday when you all went to the coronation. Uh, so bit. is is Wind Waker your um, that's your favorite? Um, you would say for example. Yes, it's not. It's not uh, beyond criticism. There's a lot sure. of things you could pick on it for. Especially the original version. That um, yeah, there were some refinements the in the Wii U re-release, and it's mm-hmm. uh, surprisingly short on dungeons. I mean, especially compared yeah. to Twilight Princess. Yeah, they've uh, some some Dana Biners and historians have kind of realized that the, they had plans for extra dungeons, but had to be cut due to either yeah. time or budget, and so that's how the back half of the game we got the Triforce kind of. But quest, as which as as you know. You know, oceanic themes resonate with me. And when I remember yeah. Zelda, Zelda White Wind Waker, mostly like the, the single image in my mind is just sailing across the sea, the waves like undulating, that, that specific music that I know you're all thinking of at this very yeah. moment playing yeah. as you go. It's a, it's a very striking image that I always come back to. The games, Zelda games also, up until Breath of the Wild, most of them had really incredible, uh, really incredible title screen sequences. Ocarina at times, the title screen was uh, shots of Hyrule Field and then Lincoln Epona galloping across it and the music rising up. Mm. Uh, Wind Waker, incredible title theme, uh, even Skyward Sword. And then Breath of the Wild is just a fucking JPEG. It's a JPEG and there's no music in the background. I'm like, what are we doing? Well, <laughs> what are we doing, Breath of the Wild? That didn't, uh, you know, it could afford... The not to have to put on airs, I suppose. It's like, yeah, play our game. See if it impresses you. Mm. Yeah. They could have just had random ass shots of the, just like a camera slowly panning across the landscape. Well, anyway. Super chat time. Super, Super chat, chat time. time. Also, thank you with... so much, Indie Mouse, for saying, Juan, you are correct. I haven't missed a single one of these. Keep it up, boys. Thank you oh, so much. Indie how Mouse. nice. Uh, Slade Plays Games was our first one today, unless you want to correct me there. Fuck you, who That's gives five dollars and says, Marty, since you are the expert now, tier list all the Zelda games. Yards, oh. have you heard of Immortality FMV murder mystery game? Yes, of course, I bloody have. Marty keeps bringing it up. I keep this saying I don't really, really get along with uh, Sam Barlow's thing because I like games to have game mechanics. But I anyway. thought you were just going to say, I don't get along with Sam Barlow. And I was going to be like, oh, why not? <laughs> anyway, enough uh, stalling. Well, give me your list now. Okay. Don't think about it. Uh, tier list. Uh, the the S tier is uh, Breath of the Wild, Link to the Past, and Majora's Mask. A tier is Ocarina, Link's Awakening, Wind Waker, and A Link Between Worlds. Uh, B tier are 
the Oracle games and the original Legend of Zelda. C tier is uh, Skyward Sword, the, the DS games, and Minish Cap. D tier is Twilight Princess. F tier is Zelda to the Adventure of Link. And I'm not going to name the, all the spinoff ones. Zelda uh, Zelda 2 is the worst one. Twilight Princess is the worst 3D one. And then any day of the week, either Breath of the Wild, Link to the Past, or Majora's Mask are my favorites. Man, you were surprisingly well prepared for that. Uh, th- I've been I've to- uh, spent way too much time this year playing these games and writing about them. So What about the That's- CDI games? Is there a tier uh, for them? Uh, <laughs> there's just my tears. Uh, someone just demade one of the CDI games into a Game Boy ROM, like a Game Boy game. So it looks like uh-huh. Link's Awakening, but they remade the CDI one. I kind of want to play that, see what's going on there. Oh, by all means, I will yeah. not. Uh, <laughs> Av- Avalanche gives $2 and says, One word, Sekis Souls Born Ring. Well, uh, I... That might have been the answer to Is it the best video game franchise ever? Oh, okay. Well, Do you that's... count those as a fran like Dark Souls as a franchise? You can't lump well, them all. Well, they're all. all I th- well, no, they're not all the same franchise, are they? They're just all made by the same developer. Yeah, and I get a lot of them have like you know, Elden Ring feels like open world Dark Souls, and Elden Ring, like, yeah, feels a lot more Dark Souls than Bloodborne or Sekiro do. Yeah, but anyway, Dorian King gives eleven. Uh, Canadian dollars says I played every Zelda since Ocarina of Time. I'm an outlier. Didn't like Wind Waker. I think Breath of the Wild was decently, but hugely overrated. I oh. miss dungeons. Shrines suck. I've heard Tears of the Kingdom will have dungeons. Fingers crossed. I think that was a criticism I had for the original Breath of the Wild. That the shrines mm-hmm. are all very, very repetitive. They are. I mean, to the point where like it feels like a quarter of them are. A test of strength where you yeah. have to fight one of the robots. And, and it's like, always oh, the same visual style and always the same yeah. little animations going in, coming out. Um, without, uh, without, without obviously spoiling anything, I've been talking to some people who are, who are, who are on Nintendo's cool list and have been playing the game. Uh, and if you are sad that dungeons were missing from Breath of the Wild, uh, be excited for Friday. We used to be on Nintendo's cool list. I remember I got Breath of the Wild ahead of launch. I like to think I was one of the very first people to get all the photograph locations because I had to do it I without think, a guide. I think Nintendo's in a very different situation than they were seven years ago. I think okay. coming off the Wii U, they were like, we need to give these to as many people as possible so that people will talk about this thing. Oh, I see. They can afford to be a, a bit more aloof and smarmy now, can they? Mm, yeah. Yeah, so now. You're not, you're not quite as good enough, I'm afraid. I think now they're like, this game is going to, by all, for all intents and purposes, probably be game of the year this year, I'm imagining, and is going to sell thousands of oh. millions of copies, and we don't need you. Don't. Which is, you know, don't nail your colors to the mask too quick before you've even played the fucking thing. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't say my game of the year. I said I think I I would I would I'll bet twenty dollars right now that it is the game of the year at the Game Awards this year. Never be optimistic. That's you not even optimistic. Be, I just think that's going to happen. I don't. You can only be disappointed. Counterpoint. Uh, usually, when I make bets like this, I lose them. So I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, full de what? Member for four months in early access says Spirit Tracks Twilight Princess are my faves. You weirdo. People love trains. Do you think are there people who like trains in the same way you like boats? Well, yes. Like I mean, I mean, I've met a few. 
and uh, there are developers who could like basically sustain their entire existence just by making train simulators and constantly making new uh, DLC trains for them and then charge like a thousand bucks. And these these weirdos pay for them because they love trains so much. There's also there's just not enough non-train games that are set on trains, if you know what I mean. Like Dredge and Wind Waker are like boat games, but it's not for like crazy boat heads. You could just enjoy boats and enjoy Spirit Fair or Dredge. Murder of Sonic or... the Hedgehog was on a train. It was. That is true. I was I was literally about to say, I thought we played a game recently on a train. And yes, yeah. it was. Why uh, are trains so good for murder? Is it murders because like they can't get off it? So like I suppose, and also sort of there's a... no way of changing the direction they go in because so, so they're a very useful metaphor as well. Ooh, I love it. Uh, Morink seventy five gives five Canadian dollars and says oh seven, and we'll leave that mystery where it is. What is 07? what's oh seven? I don't know. But then Alex Armstrong comes along with two dollars and says, "Thoughts on linearity of past games versus a full open." Well, they were never linear games, strictly speaking. I mean, they had like a critical path and uh, a linear structure, but often they opened out so you could go about and explore and shit. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I guess, uh, first off, apparently 07 is a salute, which um, you and I spent a lot of time online, but neither of us knew what the fuck that was. Slightly weird. We don't salute anyone. There's only one person I salute, and his name was Joe Biden. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't notice because he's so old and and mentally (laughs) deranged. Very excited to choose between two 85 year old men. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you since, I mean, honestly, like the original Zelda is relatively open and, and not linear and same thing with Link to the Past. Uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess were a little more linear in terms of you guiding you to your next destination and hmm. the world doesn't really change until you go there and do the thing in the story. Whereas, you know, Breath of the Wild threw a hand grenade at that and as soon as you get off the Great, uh, great Plateau, you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want but um i think there's going to be room for both and i'm honestly i i as someone who's pretty burnt out on open world games uh Aren't breath of the all... wild and elden ring were the two that kind of um yeah showed me like oh maybe i'm not burnt out on open world games i'm burnt out on what everyone else is doing in open world games and yeah. there's a way to make them interesting and people just kind of aren't tapping into that so, yeah, I, I said an extra punctuation once that if you've got an open world game but you still have to go through it in a specific linear order, that's, well, that's doing, not an yeah. open world, that's a golf course. Yeah, yeah. So we should call them golf course games, I suppose. Yeah, you get a little fresh air. You can yeah. choose how you want to approach a hole, yeah. but after you finish that hole, you got to go to the next one. Sacrifice 18 acres of land so the three old dudes can have fun with it rather than, you know, like put a fucking petting yeah, zoo or something for everyone to enjoy. Incredible. Uh, Old Hunter 77 gives $5. It says, As a non-Zelda fan, I must respect that the original Link to the Past, Ocarina, and Breath of the Wild are considered goats, and they span decades. Truly impressive. I yeah, question someone... the inclusion of the original as a 
uh, greatest of all time. I mean, nostalgia is all very well, but there's no denying that there's been a lot of uh, quality of life improvement since then. Yeah, it's it's the first one is a tough, obtuse game that um, I, I respect a lot for the ideas it brought to the table and sort of the the freedom it gave me. But in replaying it, I'm like, I this is too much freedom. <laughs> guide me, guide me a little bit, please. Um, that being said, I do think uh, like Link to the Past, like a lot of Super Nintendo games, that, that whole generation for Nintendo was taking a look at what they did with a franchise on uh, the NES. And being like, how do we refine this into into a little gem? And that's what we had with you know Link to the Past in Mario World and Super Metroid and even like the Final Fantasy games. Um, so that was impressive. I do think the uh, Zelda games, a lot of them age really well. Someone in the chat earlier was saying none of them age well, and they're all kind of bad if you go back to play it. And mm. I just I don't see that with a lot of them. I don't see that with you know Link to the Past and Wind Waker and. Breath of the Wild. Well, as we say, and... Wind Waker had to have a couple of little polishes when it was re-released yeah. in Wii U. Yeah, but the idea of not aging well is like, well, when you... Just because you back go back to something and it has, you know, little little finagles or older mechanics or anything, I don't think that... I, I feel like we use the phrase age well. Uh, uh, we put a little too much merit on it because any art that is experienced... Um, you, part of you has to think about the the time it was made in, um, mm. whether that's games, whether that's movies, whether that's a book. Um, at least personally, when I experience something, so that's a different topic. Though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Mikey V. Bud gives four ninety nine pounds. Says long time podcast listener. Thought I'd better show some appreciation. Big love, X. Well, that wasn't a very Shout big love. Shout out all the podcast the listeners. At, uh, well, you say big love, then you just give us a lowercase X. I mean, Christ. But you know what, the the four ninety nine pounds to me, um, that was that, that that was an uppercase. Well, that's X not at much heart. to sniff at either, if we're also, being honest. You, thank you to all the podcast listeners. Also, I, we we obviously love everyone who watches live and who super chats and who says hi. Uh, but I, I appreciate everyone who listens as well. We have us. We have you. You're, we're in your ears. That's weird. It's weird to me. But I'm glad. Well, speaking of donations that aren't much to sniff at. Here comes Alex Armstrong with two whole dollars. <laughs> I think it's great. Who says, best part of Zelda games is giving Link dumb names. Yeah, I did a joke in a review a while back, which uh, resonated with a lot of people, where I said that I liked uh, calling Link I Say, because then the dialogue of all the other characters makes them all sound like Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> um... Nick, uh, over the weekend, did his uh, next eight hour. Or we we played eight hours of Persona. Uh, let me tell you, we did not make a lot of progress. We are still. No, I was. Dungeon. I checked out. Well, I didn't watch the whole stream, but I looked at the beginning of the video. I looked at the end, and it looks like you've got through a grand t total of most of one dungeon in the whole course of that. In the first five stream. hours, we had one battle. One yeah. one battle. It was it was remarkable. Anyways, uh, uh, Nick named uh, his Joker D's nuts. And so uh, uh, characters will call that character Nuts Senpai in class. <laughs> they will call him Nuts Kun, which um, Nuts -kun. Is, is genuinely the gift that keeps on giving, if I'm being honest. Oh, we do, we do have a check. Look. Hmm? Nick in chat has a check, a check oh. mark. Oh, there you go. So if Nick were to, if, if the escapist were to comment on someone else's channel, it would be gray with a check. But because it's our own channel, it's yellow with a check. Fair enough. 
Uh, Mirful Dewat gives £199 and says, Have your thoughts on Breath of the Wild changed since uh, uh, our initial perspectives of it? Not really. What, was, uh, what did you think back then? Like, how, how did your ZP roll out? Oh, I... I don't remember what I don't remember much of what I specifically said. I remember saying the uh temples were repetitive, but otherwise it's pretty good. Uh, and I guess my opinion hasn't changed much. It's pretty good. Did you have strong feelings one way or another? Aside from dungeons and, and that uh, that kind of thing, I feel like one of the Well most, the funny um, thing is I tried to replay it once or twice, but I'd never sort of stick with it. Not sure oh, why. I mean I stuck I mean I replayed me like again. I replayed Mario Odyssey once and stuck with that all the way to the end. Got like, went to looking for all the bonus stars or whatever they were. Yeah. But uh, I'd always like get to around the part where you reach the first horse stable in Breath of the Wild and then just sort of stop. Lose interest. Not really go back. I That's funny. Not, cause not sure why that is. Yeah, every time I replay it, it, it sinks its hooks in me. Like, I, I just started a replay last week and already I, I finished the Four Divine Beasts. I'm going through the DLC stuff for the first time ever, which has some incredible shrines. Like, right. way more complex and interesting puzzles in the DLC shrines. And I'm like, why didn't you put these in the actual I, mean, I remembered uh, a lot of things that were f- cool in the game, but, you know, I guess what I felt was, my feeling was, well, I've already seen them all. Don't really feel like putting the effort to get there again. I mean, the thing where to get the Master Sword, you just have to have enough health to tank the massive damage you get from trying to pick it up. I thought that was a nice touch because it encouraged, you know, you didn't have to do anything specific to get the sword. Just go around and gradually build up your health bar. Yeah, and you do that by completing those shrines, which are like proving yourself that you're worthy. So in that respect, you have proven yourself worthy. If there's a recurring complaint with Zelda games, it's like, how worthy do these motherfuckers need you to be? <laughs> it seems like at this point, any warm body, you should just be like, yeah. here, here, take the sword, see if you. I can mean, you want this? this you want world. this fucking Ganon dude defeated, don't you? I mean, does every <laughs> fucking soldier in the army have to go through this? Um, what? Uh, one of the most divisive um, elements of Breath of the Wild was the weapon degradation. The fact that your Ooh, weapons yes. break very often. How did you? How did you feel about that? Well, it was sort of encouraging you to keep moving, keep trying new things, and uh, you know, mess around with the slightly immersive simmy qualities of the combat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I give it a pass. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious how they're gonna because they've kept they've said in the next game or in this week's game they keep weapon degradation, but there's this um, fuse ability where you can combine yeah. any item to your weapon or shield. And then it gains that item's property. So um, I guess removing it, like it would have right. felt like an admission that they gotten something wrong in the first one. Yeah, I actually like I like the weapon degradation. Um, I I do like how it makes me um, rethink or, or think differently about every combat scenario. And I sort of have hmm. to be like, well, what are my tools here? Oh, what did they lay out here for me? What kind of enemies am I going up against? As opposed to just running in and slashy slashy. Anyway. Tom makes one one nine nine gives five dollars. Says there is a theory that Tears of the Kingdom will make it a loop leading back around to Skyward Sword. Do you think that would be a good narrative idea? Oh, who fucking cares about this fucking Zelda continuity theory? I mean, so, like I so said, yeah, it's the all timeline just... split at one point. Shut we up! Shut up about the fucking Zelda timelines. It doesn't matter. They're all the same thing. Nope. It's just the hero defeats Ganon. It's a universal theme that just gets stretched onto whatever's relevant in the current era. Stop reading too much into it, you fucking weirdos. You think that? 
one of the timelines is the hero lost again and which i don't that doesn't make any sense because i played that game i didn't lose how is there how is there a threat of the timeline on that that's a bunch of bullshit give me moving a on alex armstrong with a slightly better showing of five dollars maybe i got to him that was before you even shamed him says uh bringing back an sse video wind waker had 20 minute demo on collector's edition it let you start at forsaken fortress windfall island or first dungeon okay wind waker had one of those 20 minute isolated demos oh there you go got it right here perfect i did not bring that like that's just where my games are i'm not like bringing props i should start bringing props though like weird little honking noses and stuff like that uh john connor gives 550 canadian dollars says when do you think the legend of zelda will be game centering around zelda as a playable character saving femboy link princess well it'll happen uh as when they get into the same mindset that caused them to make super princess peach i suppose i think it's possible it happens this week i think there is a non-zero chance that um they have been withholding what a lot of this game actually is and that um there are elements where you play as Zelda. Here's a hot take. Know. Here's a hot take. You, sh- if you like a character in a franchise who's not the playable character, you shouldn't want them to be a playable character because making them a playable character will sort of, by necessity, deletes their personality. Yeah, I mean, you know what Link's like. Fucking dull surprise, twenty four seven. That's exactly mm-hmm. what would happen to Zelda, and she would no longer have any of the qualities you like, like her big bum and uh, uncertain personality <laughs> in Breath of the Wild. That would all be gone. She'd just be dull surprise protagonist person, and that's not what you want of a character you like, trust me. I like how we brought up two Zelda characters, big bums, between Midna and Zelda. Great. A plus. Are you denying that their bums are big? No, large bums. Great bums. Alex Armstrong gives goes back down to two dollars now. Oh. He's just not trying. Says problem with Wind Waker HD is it's on the Wii U. Oh, there's a there's a port for that, isn't there? On Switch? Wind Waker? HD? Uh, there is, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, no, 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 sorry, not on Switch. Uh, it is on... Uh, sorry, I did uh, delete something. Um, oh. They, uh, yeah, so uh, for some reason, and I've God knows why, uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, the HD version, still have not made it to Switch. Um, whereas it seems like every single big uh, Wii U game got a switch port because no one fucking owned the wii u so uh hmm. when i did my streams i i had to play them on my giant fisher price controller of a wii u and i was just like why why are you doing this nintendo like this That's seems like the easiest way to have they should have just released those ports like last year like for christmas or whatever and been like get excited for the new zelda here's the old zeldas well some would argue and this might be how they're thinking of it that if they say get excited for these zeldas there won't be as much excitement to go around when they when the actual zelda comes out yeah you gotta withhold yeah you gotta do tease and denial that's how you keep them interested yeah we know that's what you do it's we we've proven that it works it is it's a marketing strategy certainly patent pike gives five dollars and says i was re-watching the adventure is nigh finale and just realized when the npcs ran over to the worm body to help they would have first seen a giant pile of croissants okay well i guess fair enough but if you saw a gigantic world destroying worm mm-hmm. would your would 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 your attention really be divided that much if you thought it was going to spring up and destroy the world yeah you know, something to think about and we can never predict how we'll react in a crisis situation i don't think any of us would go oh 
that's interesting. There's a pile of baked goods over there by the enormous apocalyptic monster. Oh, look at the craft service table. That seems neat. I didn't know this would be a catered boss fight. Release. We need to release the director's cut of the finale. That's what we need to do. We need to go back and, and change it like George Lucas changed. Uh, that's, what they should, that's what you should call a boss fight when it's like been like strewn with weapons and health items because they couldn't sure have done enough grinding before you got here they should call it the catered boss fight yeah a lot of a lot of zelda boss fights are catered they yeah. have uh, pots with hearts in them and extra arrows if you need them i like that that's very good add it fred, to the list fred e gives 999 says playing jedi survivor and had the thought oh i'm just doing this for the rest of the game this is it realizing now that i'm used to disappointment in AAA games or i'm getting old uh, have you unlocked the thing where you can grab onto a bat and float? That's yeah. not something that's available straight from the beginning. Yeah, midair, the midair dash. I like that one. I like dashing in midair. Uh, a lot of games have those now. Yeah, but they're nice. I like it. Stanislav Markov, member for eight months in bonus content, says, if I never played no Zelda games, where I should start? Uh, well, Breath of the Wild, I guess. That's probably the, one of the few ones yeah. you can run right now with current yeah. hardware. I feel like well, Switch has almost all of the old ones aside those aside from those um, the Wii U ones. Uh, I really liked. Did you play the Link's Awakening remake in 2019? Um, briefly. That's the one where everyone looks like a Fisher Price toy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where it kind of looks like like a, you're looking into a diorama. Yeah, that game's really nice. That game visually holds up very well. I would say Link to the Past, though, ultimately. Link to the Past okay. would be my number one. Hi. Uh, Chris Links, member for one month in early access, says, Hi from South Africa. Power is out eight hours a day. Is that oh, an exaggeration, no. or is that just like a planned thing, Chris Links? No, I know they're doing that. Uh, you know how, like, uh, doesn't California do that sometimes, like planned blackouts for, like, conserving the power grid? I know yeah. South Africa, I think, has been doing that for, like, months. I, I follow you'd, a few people who live in South Africa. You'd think they'd do it at night. When no one's using stuff. Well, is is it night there now? I don't know. Is it? I mean, probably. I, I don't. I don't know what time zone South South Africa is. It's probably late evening. But what do you do during the day because it's bright outside? Think about that. Well, let's all think about off. that as we move on. Captain Loin gives five dollars and says, "I'd be interested to see modern Capcom's take on Zelda, seeing how successful all of the Game Boy Color Stroke Advance titles panned out." Yeah, I, so I, think so Capcom's, I, I think Capcom's got plenty of their own IPs to worry about. Captain Loin. Yeah, I wonder if those came at a time where Capcom was kind of like, "Ooh, maybe some of our stuff's not working, so let's let's work with Nintendo." They also had a, you know, we talk about the Capcom Five a lot, but they had a very strong working relationship with Nintendo um, around that time. So yeah, Oracle games yeah. and Minish Cap were kind of in that same. Uh, yeah, the whole uh, PS One debacle when Capcom jumped ship and gave them mm -hmm. Resident Evil and some other things was like the first unsteadying of the firm friendship between Capcom and Nintendo that had been cultivated yeah. during the very, very, very prolonged Mega Man series on the NES. Yeah, they do uh, like Capcom will still surprisingly release games exclusive to Switch, like the Monster the last Monster Hunter game uh, released exclusively at first on Switch. Um, yeah, but their exclusives never last. They're big whores. No, when it comes no. to exclusives. But Here remember, like we had like those Resident Evil. The the, the I know Resident Evil Four was originally was originally pledged as a GameCube exclusive. It yeah. it 
PS2 version was announced before the GameCube version was even released. That's how big a strumpet Capcom is. I mean, also, pretty early off the gate, it was like, ooh, PlayStation 2 is going to win this generation by a lot. We should probably yeah. get on that train while we can. Yeah. Good I, I would love... I would love to see uh, Nintendo let other studios make 2D cap, uh, 2D um, Zelda games. I think that'd be great. Please do that. Or just make their own games that are vaguely Zelda-themed, because as I say, it's a universal theme, so they can't do shit. That is true. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Goo Bomber gives member a uh, member for nine months in early access. For some reason, the first game I thought of was Owl Boy when I said that. But anyway, uh, best game franchise is Homestuck. Isn't even a game. Well, no, it isn't, Goo Bomber. Uh, thanks for informing us. See you around. Bye, Goo Bomber. Uh, Ricky gives five fifty Canadian dollars and says, "Are you too worried over the rapid improvement and influence AI has on the entertainment industry? Have you ever felt that I need to use it for your work as a journalist?" Well, I haven't. I've no. seen like people post, hey, we asked ChatGBT to produce a review in the style of zero punctuation, and the result was always crap. They yeah. just can't capture my voice. So I'm feeling pretty secure so far. Yeah, I'm not, uh, as, as a critic, uh, I, I think people are always going to want a human being to... Well, you'd hope so. The human beings that they follow, I would, I would think so. Um, There obviously is the worry on the creation side of things. Um, You know, part of the reason the Writers Guild of America right now has been on strike for the past week, which is all the screenwriters on movies and TVs and everything, uh, is because, um, well, a they have no nothing. They get no residuals off streaming, and so a lot of them are poor as shit. And b uh, there, there's this growing sort of thought that studios are going to start weeding out writers and instead, uh, Mm. you know, using ai to be like oh here's a first draft of a script and then we'll just have someone else come in and, and punch it up and that just seems so fucking gross and weird and yeah i mean like speaking the, as the, someone who's working on a game if i could just go to an ai and said hey make all the background art and like six different variants and make it look nice that would certainly be something i'd like i mean but so maybe i just need something it, that but for me i just need something that fills a space so I can put all the important stuff, like all the story, on top of it. So you say all the important stuff because you are first and foremost a writer. Do you think someone who has been an artist their whole life would hear you say that sentence and be like, "What the fuck is this guy talking about? Don't do that!" Like now you're it's, taking us out of it. Now you're you're taking a job away from us. It's possible, but uh, I could certainly imagine it being fairly easy to generate a script for a Marvel movie with AI because they've all they're all the same fucking plot. And they all use the same very generic one-liners. Hey, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was good. The rest okay. of them were bad. But Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was Because it was directed by an auteur human being, I would assume. Yeah, the hit auteur behind the game uh, Lollipop Chainsaw. Mm, he's, he's gone up in the world, hasn't he? He's like in charge of DC movies now. Like all of DC movies. It's crazy. Yeah, just as they're like on the way out. Well, they're rebooting. Don't you worry. I know you were worried, but don't you worry. There's only so many times you can glue the dead horse's legs back on. 
before this. This is too soon. Seven this. horses died this weekend at the Kentucky Derby. Seven. How did that many horses die? It's about average for like a big horse event, isn't it? Well, that's sad. We need to, we need to start thinking about how this horse racing is kind of fucked up. Because, you know, if they break a leg, that's Literally, how it works. They just get shot. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Alex Armstrong gives $2 and says, Majora's Mask is my fave because atmosphere. Welcome music. back, Alex. That's fair enough, Alex Armstrong. Thanks for all the money that you're dribbling out. In Majora's Mask is yeah. You were you 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 negged at the start, and Alex has has been. Um, this is slow and steady wins the race, and Alex has won this race. Okay, unlike those that. seven horses who got killed this weekend. Well, you could win the race and still get killed. If you like break your leg as you like coming to the winner's podium. Um, that's yeah. The- would you would by winning would they at least like give you like a stay of execution you'd you'd hope that they'd at least let you live long enough for the photographs thrust to be taken and to wear the nice crown that says you're the best horse before they shoot you in the face at least you die wearing a crown yeah which is probably what's gonna happen but you know horses when they get a broken leg they just don't heal because horses don't know not to stay off not to gallop on them anymore yeah so if you've got a broken leg, that you're done as a horse. Uh, John Fu gives two euros and says, yeah, it's favorite hula hoop flavor. I would have to say cheese and onion, John Fu. What is a hula hoop? What is a hula hoop? It is a type of potato snack enjoyed uh, by it, British people such as me. Does yeah, it look like it, a little ring? Is it like it, a funyun? It's not like a funyun, no. It's a ring. Um, what's the best comparison? It's like it's like a, a fairly th- wide cylinder, okay. But uh, not wide as in expansive, but it's tall. If you can imagine, okay. like like well, look at my like wedding ring, and okay. imagine it's like three times wider. Okay, that's more like the proportions of a hula hoop, which is very weird because like hula hoops, the 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 game, the object, those are just circles. Yeah, it's weird that yeah. they're called hula hoops in that case. Yeah. It's more like the proportions of a band-aid wrapped around a finger is like the dimensions of a hula hoop. Yeah. Okay. If you're seeing what I mean. Anyway, uh, Captain Loin gives $5 and says, I would put Kirby in the running for best game franchise due to its large genre variety and relatively consistent quality, albeit more than AA than AAA. Well, that's an outlying opinion, Captain Loin. Thank you for supplying it. It it very much is. However, I really loved the Kirby game from last year, Kirby and the Forgotten land whatever it was was yeah forgotten Um, something yeah because i like when kirby kirby does a good kirby puts a lot of stuff in his mouth i like that and then he becomes the stuff yes yes i like it when people put stuff in their mouths yeah we need more of that in games anyway thank you thank you for your service kirby alex armstrong gives two dollars says hi-fi rush will be game awards game of the year marty shut up you know what alex i was gonna say something sassy but A, I like Hi-Fi Rush, and B, you've been such a generous uh, contributor this episode, so I wouldn't do that. Hi-Fi Rush was wonderful. I don't think it's going to be Game of the Year, but I thought it was a, it was a delight. Absolute delight. Well, it came out very early in the year, so if, if it yeah. does end up with Game of the Year, it's probably uh, not going to be a good... year. Yeah, probably a bad year ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> da, 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 da and ricky with 550 canadian dollars love the franchise but i don't like nintendo's business decisions punishing modders locking quality improvements over amiibos and not porting ww and tp yeah mm-hmm. i remember back when 
publishers were still clamping down on Let's Plays because of intellectual property. Nintendo was at the forefront of that. They were still yeah, doing it long after everyone else had realised it was smarter to let people yeah. put their playthroughs online. Yeah, Nintendo... Uh, I mean, you can separate... I guess I'm able to, to, in certain scenarios, separate the company from the art. And so I, I, I think Nintendo, in terms of their business decisions, are super fucking gross and, and pretty backwards and archaic. And also, no video game company is a good guy. Every video game company is out there for profit. So yeah, um, yeah. if you are like, Sony wouldn't do this, Xbox would. Yes, they would. Sony and Microsoft would do that because they are beholden to shareholders. That's business. Yeah. Atomix1199 gives $5 and says, Since Zelda stories apparently upset Yards, as a writer, how do you feel about stories that cause cycle loops where there is no good end? They don't upset me. I'm just saying they're, you know, they're they're a workhorse. They don't, they're just, you know, hero, villain, uh, princess. That's that's a formula. That's a winning formula. Uh, You can do a bit more with it, but uh, structurally, it's perfectly functional. I mean, to me, I don't like the the grand scale Zelda story to me is something I don't I'm like, whatever. Like, I feel the exact same way that you do about those. Uh, to me, the, the Zelda stories I cling to are the small stories within the games and then the stories of like, look what I did. Look at the adventure I went on. That felt yeah. cool to do that. The human face of the story, yeah. like Tingle, exactly. the very human face of that. You story. use the word human. I don't think that applies to Tingle. I don't know what he is. He's a sexual deviant. That's what he is. He's something, all right. Yeah, he's a freak leak. Uh, Zaratha gives five fifty R dollars and says, "But you see, Marty, you didn't win that game first try, so the timeline split at that point. You failed. Furthermore, oh, don't encourage <laughs> him. I like I like with the glasses and the finger. Uh, I don't understand the timeline. Nintendo doesn't understand the timeline. Uh, it's it's all fake and made up, and we're all going to die eventually." Ricky gives five fifty Canadian dollars and says, "With the success of the Mario movie, do you think we'll start seeing more video game movie adaptations?" Chris Pratt voicing Link for Legend of Zelda movie when Lamau. <sighs> I don't uh, see them adapting Zelda to to film. As I say, it's such a universal concept, and Ma- Mario, for his uh, faults, has a distinct personality that can be conveyed in the filmic medium. But as I say, Link is eternally <laughs> dull surprise, generic protagonist. I don't think uh, it would work. Counterpoint, I will give you one billion reasons why they are going to do it. And it's because that is uh, Nintendo's uh, next great venture is going to be entertainment. So okay. uh, I, I, uh, the Mario movie has already passed a billion dollars worldwide. Um, there is... I think no world where we don't get a Zelda movie announced within the next probably two or three years and made within the next ten. I could almost see it working as like a live-action adventure serial along the lines of The Witcher. Sure, yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think necessarily movie. I I think it could very well be a Netflix whoever thing. Um, I, I see them doing that with a lot of their with a lot of their IP. Also, I would argue like it's not Mario. The Mario movie isn't like. Like the times have already changed. The era of like, oh god, look at these fucking movie adaptations. Let's let's point and laugh at them. Like that's done. Um, like we've already had adaptations that have made a shit ton of money and adaptations that have been critically lauded, especially on TV with stuff like um, Arcane and and Witcher and Cyberpunk Edge Runners. And then the, I mean, The Last of Us is going to clean up at the Emmys. Um, I already mentioned there was a Mario Japanese anime. Has there ever been a Zelda Japanese anime? 
I don't think so. No, they've got a lot you know, of... Uh... Nintendo, I mean, Japan being what they are, if anything would work as an anime, it's been made into an anime in Japan. Sure. If any Japanese property would work as an anime, it's been an anime. That's how they... They've, that's they've how turned um, every game... Oh, I think every mainline Zelda game has a manga adaptation, and a lot of them, like really flesh out the story in different ways i've read it um, i've read it like a comedy a comedy manga of wind waker it was like sort of taking the oh, piss out of the game oh okay it wasn't like an official one yeah but um, it had very it, the art style was very reminiscent to the game and it's interesting because a lot of those like the um majora's mask one starts with like the origin of the mask itself which was like it's the it's the um trapped spirit of this like deity who was just consuming people left and right and like this one brave warrior went and finally killed the demon and sort of mm. harnessed its energy and trapped it <clears> inside <throat> of the mask and so um yeah i don't know i don't know where that's going but um yes i think uh I, I think the question shouldn't be will they make a zelda movie it's more what won't they make a movie out of because i think we are gonna right. and we're gonna hit a point fairly very soon where we are very sick of video game adaptations in the same way we are with comic adaptations i was sick of them a long time ago there you go <laughs> Shantanu Bhatia gives 3699 AED and says, Escapist, yay. Thank you so much. Shantanu. Thank you, Shantanu Bhatia. Really I, hope you, I hope you continue living life to the full despite your obvious mental illness. Yay. Alex Armstrong gives $2 and says, Speaking of Starstruck Vagabond, how's progress? Very well, thank you. The story's all in. I'm, work- I'm doing a lot of like gameplay polishing at the moment. Going through, looking for all the little, like, uh, sticky-outy bits that need sanding down. Uh, I'm getting some, like, new art done by uh, El Cheshire. So so that every civilized planet doesn't have the same generic background anymore. It's it's all, like, taking shape quite nicely at the moment. We're we're stepping up the uh, marketing and stuff and trailer and stuff in preparation for talking to publishers so you it's all good i don't think nintendo would be interested to be honest with you okay that was just a suggestion maybe maybe we could do a switch port at some point but <sighs> someone else would have to do it uh i'll do it wait okay you do it there we go i, I definitely don't know how any of that works i don't know how to make anything uh Fuegen, member for 12 months in tip jar no message just member Oh, there was a message below it, though. I saw. I love the British popular culture quotes and the ZPs throughout <clears throat> the years. I've noticed Red Dwarf and Hitchhiker's Guide. Are there any others I should listen out for? Thanks for all your work. Well, if you've ever watched The Thick of It, that's another thing that had a strong influence on me. Love The Thick of It. I mean, my, uh, my Dedafiles books, Differently Morphous and Existentially Challenged, I think of as Harry Potter meets Lovecraft meets The Thick of It. Uh, more Robot Wars content gives $5 it says as a Zelda fanboy I would agree but unfortunately the N64 expansion pack did not come with Majora's Mask so I couldn't play Christmas morning ooh that's brutal that'll <laughs> sour you to the franchise forever I'm that sure that's insane that Nintendo did that in that the expansion pack just wasn't packaged with every game because it was packaged mm. with Donkey Kong I think. Perfect Dark Donkey Kong Country that was it yeah. um, and very few games used it like Perfect Dark Majora's Mask only a handful of you know late well it was introduced games. towards the end of that console's life wasn't it because they needed it for the new games 
yeah as if i they think it was designed the console with the anticipation that it would need to be improved i mean they literally like they, they you know you just lift up the little hatch and there was like room for the I don't know, very strange nintendo's a weird company well, if they had forward thinking they wouldn't have made it a fucking cartridge console would they <laughs> anyway Lampy gives five pounds. So speaking of dead horses, how do you feel about Marty's hot take that Epona should be put down? Oh yeah, I think Epona sucks. What are your thoughts on Okay. Epona? I have no particular strong feelings about Epona. So uh, I, think sure. a, I think she's a bad horse in video games. I think oh, uh Naughty horse. Smack. I think her uh people have nostalgia over Epona because they think of like Oh, it's the it's the call to adventure, and it's Lon Lon Ranch, and and it's the opening to Twilight Princess. But the actual act of controlling Epona is she's just a complete pain in the ass as a horse. And like in Twilight Princess, she's associated with that goat herding mini game, which is like the low point All right. for the series, in my opinion. Uh, and so I wrote about for Wind Waker. I wrote about how uh, the King of Red Lions is just Epona, but better in every way shape or form because it has a cool personality has actual gameplay mechanics to it with dredging and with cannon battles uh and uh, a talking uh, dragon boat is way cooler than um a dumb fucking okay. horse i don't any... mind horses in games there's some ho- good horses in games has there any games you can think of that have comparatively much better horses shadow of the uh, classes perhaps yeah there you yeah shadow of the classes i like the red dead horses um they don't really have, have much personality though they got they have they have testicles that shrivel up in the cold though. So. Yes, well, we all know about those. Sounds the winners, man. Uh, Alex Armstrong gives five dollars and says, "You're welcome for the dollars. Loved your content and especially Yahtzee since 2010. Novels, let's drown out. Freeware games, you're awesome, Yahts. Oh, and you too, wow. Marty. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you, Alex Armstrong. If you're trying to make me feel guilty for talking shit about you for your tiny donations, it ain't gonna work." Uh, counterpoint, uh, Yahtzee, as soon as we finish the stream, is going to be like, you know who was really great? Alex Armstrong. And he's going to write your name in his notebook in a bunch of different fonts with like hearts around certain letters. So Feel free to imagine me doing that, Alex Armstrong. Will. Uh, Ricky gives five fifty Canadian dollars and says, speaking of RE, Resident Evil, why is 4 considered a masterpiece when so many other games like 5, 6, and Revelations replicate its mechanics yet are seen as average? Well, because when Resident Evil 4 came out, third-person over-the-shoulder shooters from that specific perspective uh, weren't really a thing, and they sort of uh, uh, codified it for the Mm -hmm. action game genre. And also, uh, Resident Evil 4 was a very tightly made, self-contained story, whereas, as is often the pattern with Resident Evil, as you'd know from my extra punctuation on the subject, uh, they have this nasty habit of trying to work all the established canon of the series back in even after they've like had a success with a game that mostly cut out the established canon and the result is always a tangled mess mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's that's it and it felt like uh it walked the line between uh, a horror game and an action game on like a really great yeah. tightrope it somehow whereas, succeeded um, in being scary while also being hilariously camp as Resident Evil, as the best Resident Evils always are. Yeah, whereas 5 and 6 were just like, we're just going to make these Call of Duty-inspired um, action games with a little bit of zombies, I guess. Very bad at learning the right lessons, the Resident Evil guys, it turns out. Anyway, Tomix1199 gives $5 and says, NCU Nintendo Cinematic Universe ends in a Super Smash Brothers movie. Oh God, don't tempt fate, Tomix1199. Nine, don't give them ideas. I- I don't even look at that as a joke. That is 
probably what's going to happen over the next 10 years. I'm sure someone's already floated the idea. But yeah, uh, all it's going to take... Where Mario gets an envelope in the mail that has the little... Yeah, they're going to overplay the hand for whatever the next thing is, and then they're just going to have to cancel all the plans because everyone absolutely bounced off the idea. That's what's going to happen. They just make a Kirby movie where it's just about him putting a bunch of stuff in his mouth. See, it's not going to work because different Nintendo franchises serve vastly different tones and demographics. Kirby is for five-year-olds. That's that's yeah. not going to work. Also, Smash Brothers at this point has like Ryu from Street Fighter and yeah, Cloud it's got like Final nineteen generic Gear anime and... dudes from RPGs I haven't played. Yeah, they already have a Sonic movie, so that's one character you can. You oh, can there you go. You'll have to like, you know what Sony you like? There's going to be have to be, like negotiations long into the night for get to get him in the Smash Brothers movie. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Luke Stutchbury gives five pounds and says, would you say the Souls games are an evolution of Zelda games? Playing Souls as an adult gives me the same feelings I had playing Ocarina of Time Wind Waker as a kid. No, I would not, Luke Stutchbury. I would say the Souls games are an evolution of Castlevania games. Thank you for trying, though. I mean, I'd be willing to bet that Miyazaki was a fan of Zelda games, though. And, it's and certainly was possible. Inspired by likely. them in the way that you are inspired by, you know, all art. Is, is a culmination of the things you were inspired by but i would say castlevania is a clear uh, a, a, a more clear um line of evolution yeah <clears throat> well that's all this of the wild was inspired by or i do think elden ring was inspired by breath of the wild though i will say that yes there was certainly an influence behind its yeah. green lighting i'm sure yeah yeah anyway that's all the super chats for today so thank you once again for listening stroke watching to slightly something else where we talked about Zelda that Marty likes so much. I do like Zelda. Oh, and Alex Armstrong gives two dollars. Says love one destination. We demand toffee time. Okay, here we go. Would toffee you have withheld time, toffee? Toffee time. Toffee time. Peed in the house again. Made his mummy mad. No. Oh no. Toffee yeah. Could- I mean, he's mostly house trained. He just sometimes has these little overexcited moments. Same. I mean, if he did it consistently, that would be something, you know, you could probably train out of him, but it's hard to catch him doing it. He does it like once in a blue moon. Anyway. Enough about my little pea monster. What else coming out this week? Zero punctuation, of course, this week, which will be on a surprise topic. You might not expect. It's not Redfall. Redfall's next week. Ooh. It's, uh, as I've, I've, I've teased before, it's a game that in the act of reviewing it, I have broken one of my self-imposed rules. So you'll have to check it out to find out more. That's on Wednesday. And, of course, I'll be streaming it that afternoon. Uh, and I have an extra punctuation dropping for members, I believe on thursday mm-hmm. on the subject of realistic graphics i believe i bet you're pro right uh sure let's assume that tune, tune in to find out so what else have we got coming out on the escapist today and later this week that is an excellent question uh later today casey and jesse are going to be back at uh 6 p.m central for hidden gems and they are playing a game called hunt the night which looks mm-hmm. a little bit like a top down a top down castlevania 
but vamp, uh, but uh, 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 hyper light drifter a little bit. Don't you don't know. need to hunt the night, stupid. You just sit in this place and wait eight hours. That is true. It just comes. It it'll just be there. You're not hunting no, anything. No hunting necessary at all. How silly. You're just waiting. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow we'll have uh, the recap. We'll be talking all about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three with Frost and uh, Darren. So tune in for that at noon. Uh, Nick will be doing more uh, editors hour. Um, we all the all the regular streams this week and on Friday. Uh, uh, this just in: Jamate and I are going to be doing a launch day uh, Tears of the Kingdom stream, I believe, at Ooh. noon. So if you want to see the new Zelda game. Uh, tune in at uh, noon on uh, noon central on Friday, and Jamaica and I will be playing the first two hours of it. So Probably be too busy playing it myself, since as we've established, those cheapskates ain't giving us a code this time. Oh, uh, last two. Super I mean, we Jets. might get a code, but it might be on launch day, so it's less cheapskates yeah. and more of I can just buy this game now. Well, I'll still probably want to pre-install it, so you know, That's true. You can pre-install it now. <laughs> Maybe I will. I pre-installed mine. I'm very excited. Anyway. Uh, last two super chats came in while we were talking. Tinker gives two dollars and says, "So Castlevania sixty four is the first Dark Souls?" No. Waga waga. Castlevania sixty four was a big pile of shite. It was really. I watched. I watched an interesting video essay in defense of the game lately, uh, and I disagreed with it thoroughly. But it was an interesting okay. video essay. And then Matarax comes in with $10 and says, For me, even though I was older when Twilight Princess came out, it became my favorite because I loved the story. The recent manga made the story even better. Highly recommended. We're done talking about all that shit now, Matarax. No, if you You, keep paying, we will never stop. You came in late. You farted. Um, Me or Toffee? Toffee, look at me. Okay, because I was like, it was not me. Toffee, Um, have you farted? Did you try to sweet talk me, asshole? My, my final thing on Zelda, uh, I'm putting a link to uh, the article I wrote uh, that went on Friday about uh, Wind Waker. Uh, check out that article. And then at the bottom, there are links to the rest of them. Uh, I've, I've have sort of just a retrospective piece on uh, each of the Zelda games uh, leading up to um, Tears of the Kingdom. So I already have one on uh, original Zelda, Zelda 2, Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess should be up later today, and then uh, Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild. And then we'll be at Tears of the Kingdom. All right. That'll be it from us for now, though. Bye, everyone. Bye. Happy bank holiday. It's a bank holiday. Oh, okay. Happy bank holiday. Yes.